Welcome to the first episode of Cinema Iran, a podcast dedicated to discussing the beauty, diversity, and complexity of Iranian culture and film. I'm your host, Arzu. In today's episode, I'll be sharing some of my favorite cinematic moments and behind-the-scenes real-world stories of Jafar Panahi's 2006 film, Offside. The film captures the events at Azadi Stadium in Tehran, Iran on June 8, 2005. A football match is being played between Bahrain and Iran. Whoever wins the match is heading to the World Cup. The plot of Upside revolves around a group of women who disguise themselves as men to gain entry into the stadium in hopes of watching this historic match. These fans are forced to don disguises because beginning in 1979, all women in Iran were banned from attending live sporting matches. The ban, which lasted 40 years, only recently came to an end in October 2019. FIFA, the international governing body of association football, threatened to ban Iran's national football team from participating in any World Cup games, unless Iran began allowing women to attend football games. So during the ban, women had to get creative. Now this episode contains spoilers, so I highly recommend watching the film before you listen any further. Offside is a funny, poignant, and thoughtful film where Panahi holds up a mirror to Iranian society and asks viewers to ponder questions about women's rights and equality. The style of the film is also really interesting in that things are intentionally ambiguous, where you start thinking things are real, but they're not quite. And Panahi does this on purpose. He said he intentionally wanted to blend documentary and fiction, where you have a real event in a real place with characters and extras who are non-actors. I think regardless of where you're from or what your background is, I believe anybody can relate to or at least sympathize with the themes in Offside, which essentially asks, why does one group of people get to decide how another group should behave? As of November 2019, you can watch Offside on Amazon Prime Video, Vudu, YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play Movies and TV. Now back to the film. Hanai's inspiration to create this film was very personal. He got the idea when he was living near the stadium where the national football team trains. He wanted to watch them, and his daughter insisted in tagging along. He tried to explain to her that she couldn't because of the laws, but she was insistent. Panoy set out with the entire family to the stadium. That way, if his daughter was refused entry, his wife could take her back home. So Panoy entered the stadium and found a seat without her. But a few moments later... Much to his surprise, his daughter sat down right next to him. When he asked her how she got in, she replied, When there's a will, there's a way. Those words planted the idea in Panoy's mind for Offside. Offside opens with buses speeding down a highway, carrying men cheering and chanting. Everybody is dancing inside the buses or leaning outside the windows, waving the Iranian flag. There's a person in one of these buses who is sitting quietly not chanting, not interacting with anybody. It's a girl who is dressed like a boy, and to be honest, it's not the best disguise. One of the boys notices the girl and points her out to his friend. His friend tells him, Fuzul Nabosh, which means don't be nosy in Farsi. It is clear that his friend already knew that it was a girl, but ignored her so as not to ruin her chances of getting into the stadium. There is an unspoken rule in Iran, especially among young people, when it comes to breaking laws and keeping secrets. Everybody is breaking laws all the time. This relates to another aspect of the film that many of you may have already noticed. As a result of the Iran-Iraq war, around the time this film was shot, over 70% of the population in Iran was under the age of 25. 70%. 
That's a lot of young people to impose moral restrictions on. At the stadium, a girl on the bus gets off and manages to find a scalper who sells her a ticket. But not before he berates her for daring to come to the stadium. Everybody passing through the gates is being patted down by security. The girl freaks out, which leads to her getting caught immediately. Every few minutes, a girl disguised as a man is escorted to the holding pen, which is located a few feet away from the gated entrance where you can see the game. One is a streetwise woman with feminist leanings. Another plays soccer in a woman's team, and the rest are first-timers who got instantly busted. Where they are all now under the supervision of two young soldiers. One of the soldiers is originally from the countryside, and the other is from the city of Mashhad. Both of the soldiers are annoyed that they've been assigned to look over these girls. They don't get why these girls feel compelled to be in a stadium with a bunch of men who are strangers to them in an environment that they feel is unbecoming for a woman. The soldier from the countryside was supposed to be on leave so that he can take care of his family farm, and the other soldier wanted a day to kick back and relax. The first stadium scene almost immediately makes you feel the tension and anticipation of a real football game and makes you start feeling concerned about the fate of the girls. The camera is mostly focused on what's happening in and around the holy pen in what almost looks like a play, where we're so close yet so far from the game. And this is the part of the film where the real conversations about inequality takes place. We repeatedly hear that women are not allowed to attend live matches because it's the only place for men to let loose and curse as much as they want. And for that reason, it's not a proper environment for women to witness their fathers, husbands, and brothers act that way. The film never actually outright says that the ban is wrong. It just asks the audience to think about why things are the way they are. The ban is supposed to quote-unquote protect women from unsavory things, but it doesn't. The idea that a woman might also want to let loose doesn't seem to cross the men's minds. But what's strange is that there are already so many places in Iran that are segregated, like women's only train cars. And the other strange thing is, why are women from other countries allowed to watch football games? As was the case for Japanese women who came to Iran to watch a live football game between Japan and Iran. Anyway, in the film, the girls ask the soldiers to move the pen at least towards the gates so they can watch the game. But they say no because they would get in trouble with their supervisor. The girls complain and ask for at least someone to tell them what's going on on the pitch. The Mashadi soldier finally agrees to peep through the gates and provide commentary on the game. One of my favorite scenes in the film takes place right before the game's halftime. The girl who plays on the women's football team has to go to the bathroom. She's already pleaded a number of times to go, but the soldiers won't give in, mainly because there aren't any women's restroom and it would be improper to go to a men's room. So while everybody is immersed in the game commentary by the Mashadi soldier, the girl has quite enough and takes the next logical step. She tries to make a run for it, but she's quickly stopped and she announces in a very unladylike way, which I approve of, that if she doesn't go to the bathroom at that moment, she was going to do her business right on the spot. The soldiers are exasperated, but the Mashadi soldier comes up with a brilliant solution. He takes a poster that has a photo of an Iranian football team player and an elastic band 
and creates a mask out of it and hands it to the girl. When they arrive to the bathroom, which is close to the cheering crowds, the situation reaches a new level of absurdity. Just as the girl is about to use the restroom, while still wearing the mask, the soldier asks, He tells her to cover her eyes as not to read the graffiti on the walls. There are so many difficult things everyday Iranian women have to struggle with. Dirty graffiti is really the least of women's worries. He yells in the men's room and demands everybody clear out, turning him into some weird toilet guard. His intention is to create an environment where she won't draw attention. But this has the opposite effect. Who the hell is this person wearing a mask who requires a bathroom all to themselves? A young group of men enter to try to use the restroom. They get into a shoving match with a guard who refuses to let them in. His saving grace is when Iran scores a goal against Bahrain, causing the men to rush back to watch the match. They return a few minutes later and the shoving match continues. At that moment, the girl exits the bathroom. I didn't notice the first few times of watching the film or had forgotten about it, but actually one of the boys who's shoving the soldier looks at the girl and tilts his head towards the exit like, hey, make a run for it. Thrilled to have a chance to see a bit of the game, she escapes for a while, but eventually returns to the holding pen. She didn't want to threaten the leave of the countryside soldier because he had to go and help his family. While I was doing research for this film, I was really surprised by the criticisms around the cuts in the shots, including notes that it was choppy. Panay had to use a single digital camera and was also shooting under the pretense he was making another kind of film, where it was about men on their way to see a football match. I was under the impression that Panay shot this film in the course of a day. But he didn't. He got most of his shots on the day of the game and captured a lot of the sound. He has mentioned in interviews that it took him 39 days to shoot the film. این کدایی بود که تماشا کرد یه وقتی اینا رو می‌بینه به اضافه اون چیزهایی که ما یه خود تونستیم بازسازی کنیم اینجاست که باور میکنه که این فیلم همش تو هر همون روز اتفاق افتاده به اضافه اینکه صداهای فیلم هم اکثرا مال همون روز هستش که ما تونستیم بگیریم و از منابع استفاده کنیم و بتونیم این رو بازسازی کنیم خب فیلم تو یک روز نمیشه گرفت he has mentioned in interviews that it took him 39 days to shoot the film. People, including directors, look at him with suspicion. I think it would be much funnier if he did actually say it was a day. The film ends the same way it begins. On a bus. The girls are escorted onto a minibus to be taken to the vice squad. A boy with firecrackers has also been busted as on the bus with these girls. The game isn't over. The soldiers and the girls desperately want to hear the final minutes of the match. The countryside soldier agrees to fix the bus's antenna so they can listen to the game on the radio.
The game is over and Iran wins. The bus and the streets erupt in celebration. There's a moment when an Iranian pastry seller bursts into the bus while it's stuck in traffic to hand out pastries. By the way, this is such a common thing in Iran that whenever there's a big religious holiday or Iran wins some sort of major film or sports prize, people start handing out food and drinks on the street. I can't count the number of times I've consumed beverages from total strangers during these occasions. During all the celebrations and crowds, people are getting pulled out of the buses to dance. The girls manage to escape, and the film ends with a poignant song called A Iran, which is kind of the unofficial national anthem of Iran. It's not tied to any regime. It's a song that speaks to all Iranians, and so it's befitting to use in a film about wanting to cheer and celebrate your fellow countrymen. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to my first episode. If there's a film you want me to review, or if you have thoughts about this episode, please email me at cinemairanpodcast at gmail.com to get in touch. Thanks a lot.